The Bible is a collection of history, prophecy, poetry, teaching, and stories. Many of the stories of heroes like Samson, David and Goliath, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we have difficulty identifying with them. But some stories carry us into their world because we can identify with the characters. We can feel what they feel and have experienced some of what they've experienced. These are stories of brokenness, love, and redemption. The story of us. The very first Easter was experienced by many different people. And each person has a unique story to tell. One such person who tradition tells us was a prostitute was Mary of Magdala or Mary Magdalene. And today we're going to join her story, her story of brokenness, love, and redemption. I'd like us to welcome Mary Magdalene. My name is Mary, I'm from Magdala, and I was a prostitute. I didn't want to be a prostitute, it just happened. My parents both died when I was a small child, and I was passed off from person to person as an unwanted extra mouth to feed. I was abused, raped, and I had come to think of myself as good for only one thing, and I hated it. I hated men. I distrusted all men. In the marketplace, I would see those rich religious men who openly despised me and were critical of me only to privately use me. This hypocrisy was beyond my comprehension. It only added to my suspicious hatred of all men, especially Jews. I didn't want to be a Jew. My own people didn't want to be part of that. No one would have anything to do with me. I had only one means to take care of myself, only one way to support myself, the only thing that a woman is good for, or so I thought. But each day and each night, my soul became darker and darker. As life had long since lost its meaning, soon I was, learn, I was losing time, and I was being told of the horrible things I was capable of. Now, in Jerusalem, crowds are very common occurrence. One day, I saw a crowd gathered. It was quite a large crowd. It was a day that I saw a man that I would come to know as Jesus. He was seated right in the middle of the crowd, and he had some children sitting on his lap, and he was preaching something I couldn't hear because I was standing, of course, at the edge of the crowd. But then he looked at me. Surely I was mistaken. No one ever looked at me. But he had. I thought maybe 
I had to turn around. Was there somebody back there? I don't know. Maybe he was looking at somebody behind me, but there wasn't anybody behind me. So he was looking at me. Then he stood up and started coming towards me. I tried to look away. I couldn't look away. I was so distrustful of all men. Fear began to grip my heart. I desperately wanted to run, but his eyes, his eyes held me captive. What was it in his eyes that held me so? It was love. Love. For me? Love? What? Did he know who I was? Did he know what I was? Mary? The Magdalene? The prostitute? No. Surely he didn't know me. He didn't know me. So how could he love me? Somehow, though, I knew that he knew me and he still loved me. He walked right up through the crowd and he stood, looked right at me, face to face. I fell to the ground and started to cry. I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried until I couldn't cry anymore. 28 years of pain and grief. And he stood there waiting for me. Just waited. All of the hatred and grief. Then he said the most beautiful words that I've ever heard in my life. Mary, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. I was changed. In that instant, all of the darkness, all of my guilt, all of my pain, all of my bitterness and hatred, all of it, disappeared from the very depths of my soul. I was changed from the inside. Changed in an instant. But more change was to come. I began to follow Jesus and listen to his teachings, helping him whenever I could. I helped him with lines of people and sometimes hundreds of them. They came to see Jesus to get help that I could get that Jesus could give them and I Mary the Magdalene was changing I began to have the same compassion and love for people that Jesus did I wanted to give to them to free them I wanted everyone in the world to meet this Jesus who had so changed my life instead of despising the people who were like me I began to love them, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the scum, the sinners. I now had compassion on them. I felt what they felt. I longed for them to have what I had. Somehow, I had the ability to love them too. Yes, the old Mary the Magdalene was completely changed completely changed. What glorious days those were. Filled with awe and wonder. Mm. Jesus, healing the diseased. 
making the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, demons cast out. He even fed the hungry. <laughs> and forever confounding those hypocritical, self-righteous Pharisees. He'd send them away in humiliation. And he even loved them. Hmm. I was changed by his presence. His voice. His teaching. His teaching was like a scroll of truth being unveiled before my very eyes. Each time he opened his mouth. Now I loved Jesus in a way that I never knew was possible. I didn't know such love existed. Because of his acceptance, his love, and his forgiveness for me, I was changed. I began to understand God was not an angry, condescending, condemning, or absent father I once thought. No, he became to me a kind and benevolent father that I grew to love. Truth was no longer a cruel taskmaster, but a gentle guide. I found joy in learning. Because I was forgiven much, I was able to love much. I also found that I could forgive much. I, Mary the Magdalene, was clean and pure from the inside out. Those two and a half years were so precious to me. Then, everything began to change. In one week's time, in one week's time, the crowd who had so loved Jesus held every word, called him teacher, prophet, Messiah. They had a metamorphosis in one week's time. Maybe they were replaced by those that incited by the Jewish leaders or something. The temper rulers that hated him so much, they were saying such vengeful, hateful things about Jesus. Certainly they didn't know Jesus. Certainly they couldn't know Jesus. They must have the wrong person. It hurt me so much. My Lord and Savior, hated by so many for no reason. And Jesus did nothing about it. Suddenly, events began spinning out of control. It was crazy. Jesus was arrested and put on trial in the middle of the night. The last I'd heard, he was celebrating the Passover with the twelve. And then now, the very next morning, Jesus was on trial in front of Pilate. I couldn't even get near him because the angry mobs were shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! How could they say such a thing about Jesus? Jesus, the one who loved me when I was a prostitute. He had talked to me. He forgave me. He changed me. The only man that has ever loved me for who I really was. Change. Change. How quickly things change. Before the day was over, Jesus was hanging on a cross outside of Jerusalem, crucified, the most 
horrifying, rotten, terrible, excruciating death that the Romans could have invented for common criminals. There was not a thing any of us could do. The twelve, they ran and hid. All we could do was follow at a distance. It had to be a dream. No, it had to be a nightmare. Soon I would wake up and find out it was only a horrible dream. Then it all ended. After asking God to forgive his executioners, forgive his executioners, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he was gone. All of my hopes and loves, everything, gone. It's as if the Romans had torn my heart out and nailed it to the cross too. I might as well have died too. We saw where Jesus was buried. And then we went home. And I sobbed until there were no more tears. And I fell asleep or passed out. Now, we couldn't go near the tomb on the Sabbath. So we decided that we would wait until the next morning. So Mary, his mother, and Salome and I got the spices. We were going to go ahead and anoint the body and pay our last respects. But I had no idea how we were going to move that stone out from in front of the tomb. But to our surprise, somebody had already moved it. Still, I could hardly believe what happened next. I stepped into the tomb first. Jesus' body was gone. And at the end of the tomb sat a man all in white. And he said, Why are you seeking the living among the dead? He has risen. He's not here. Go and tell Peter and the disciples. So I ran back and told them, Peter and the disciples, and after giving them the message, They tried to make me feel like I was a hallucinating child. I made my way back to the garden tomb and I stood there weeping. Jesus was dead. And now somebody had stolen his body. Through my tears, I saw someone. I thought maybe he was the gardener. He said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? I couldn't figure out if it was anybody else but the gardener because it was that early in the morning. Who else would be out there in this ungodly hour? I said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've taken him, and I will go get him. I don't know what I would have done with the body, but then that voice, it came to me. It was like the very first time I'd ever heard it. The most beautiful voice ever in the whole world. He said, Mary, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. I threw myself at his feet. I clung to his ankles. I had to touch what was unreal, touch what I didn't believe to be true. Then he said, then he said, stop clinging to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and tell them, I ascend to my father and your father to my God and your God. I couldn't stop saying those words 
over and over and over again as I ran to find the disciples, my father, your father, my God, and your God. Oh. Oh. I was changed again. The most unbelievable facts came to me. Jesus, the Son of God, must have truly loved me and have forgiven me. Me, of all people, a sinner, an ex-prostitute. He appeared to me first. A special appearance just for me. How he loved me. He was dead, and now he's alive. He lives for me. How do you view God? How do you view God? Many people today have the same view of God that Mary Magdalene had. An angry, vengeful God. A God who punishes sinners, who steps on people who step out of line. People who do wrong things. A a God to be feared. A God who makes us pay. Or a God who will never forgive. Or maybe it's a God who just doesn't care. He's way up there. We're way down here. We don't matter. We're on our own. Our view of God. How do you view yourself? How do you view yourself? Many people today view themselves like Mary Magdalene. I'm not as bad as her, a prostitute, but I've done some pretty bad things. I've messed up my life pretty badly. I'm not sure God can forgive me. I'm, I'm pretty much worthless. No one seems to care if I live or die. I, I don't seem to matter to God. Or maybe you are on the other end of the spectrum. I'm not perfect, but there are a lot of people worse than me. I haven't done everything right, but I'm okay. How do you view other people? Other people. Maybe you've seen hypocrites, people who say one thing and they live another. It's possible that the person who has treated you with the most disdain was a self-righteous, religious hypocrite. A few of those around. Mary had experienced that exact type of rejection. What is your view of truth? What is your view of truth? Truth is relative. It's not knowable. I have my truth. You have your truth. Mary viewed truth as a cruel taskmaster, an unreliable standard, a set of rules and regulations, boundaries that if you step outside the boundary, you'll get pushed out of the box, never to return. You're, you're out. You're an outcast. How do you feel about your life, your life today? Is it a cruel joke? Like Mary Magdalene, you've been dealt a losing deck. Can't seem to win at anything. Or you're ambitious and successful, you reach goals, but it just doesn't mean anything. You have a vague sense of unease or emptiness. 
You ask, why? Why am I doing all this? Can you identify with Mary in any of these ways this morning? Been really bad. Been pretty good, just empty. A lot of people today feel that way about God, about themselves, about truth, and about life. Mary's views of God, of herself and other people, of truth and life, were turned upside down by the man called Jesus. Jesus. She had an encounter with a person called Jesus. Have you encountered Jesus? Jesus taught her that she mattered to God, that God loves people just as they are, that, and God meets people where they are. We can come to God as we are. We don't have to change first. He will do the changing, just like he changed Mary. Jesus taught truth, that truth is not a cruel taskmaster, a set of rules and regulations. Rather, truth is the revelation of God's character and person and teaches us how to relate to God personally. When this truth is understood and embraced, it sets us free. And out of that truth flows the facts that we are valued by God, no matter what we feel and no matter what other people think. And by the way, God loves hypocrites too. Hypocrites have nothing to do with your relationship with God. That's between you and him. God will forgive our past and give us a new start. After Jesus came back to life, he appeared to Mary first. First. His first appearance after this incredible time in the history of all humankind, he appeared to Mary first. What a statement of value and love. I want to share an illustration this morning. It's, it's really the story of us. It's the story of us. It's where all of us were or, were or are. It's where Mary was. There's us and there's God. And there's a, there's a gap between us and God. And that, that gap occurred back in the Garden of Eden when humankind sinned. We matter to God, and he wants to have a relationship with us, but we've rebelled against him and broken off the relationship. And most of us are aware that there's a gap somewhere between us and God. So we take efforts on our own to try to get back to God, living a good life or being a helpful neighbor, going to church, giving to charities. And, and there's nothing wrong with all of those activities. But the Bible says all of sin falls short of the glory of God. And all the sins we have committed have to be punished, and that punishment is death, physical death as well as separation from God. It says the wages of sin is death. So God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He built a bridge, and that bridge is the cross. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you back to God. He paid that penalty when he died on the cross. 
He paid for debt and crossed out death. Now, many of us know these facts, and we've known about these since Sunday school or since a long time when we were young. But it's not enough to just know these facts. We have to take action on that by actually crossing over that bridge by confession, asking for forgiveness and turning from us and turning to God, crossing over into relationship with God so that we can actually cross over into that restored relationship. Now the question is, as you look at that diagram, just ask yourself the question, where am I today? Which side am I on? Have I crossed that place into relationship with God. You can cross from one side to the other by praying a simple prayer. This is what Easter is all about. The simple prayer, I'm just going to pray it out for you. It says, Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you were resurrected from the dead and live today. Forgive my sins. Take charge of my life and be my leader. I'm going to pray that one more time. It's the prayer that Mary Magdalene prayed. It's the prayer that all of us prayed when we came into relationship with God through Jesus. I'm going to pray it out loud and if you If this expresses a desire of your heart, I'd encourage you to pray it silently in your heart after I pray it aloud. Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you were resurrected from the dead and live today. Forgive my sins. Take charge of my life and be my leader. Amen. Did you pray that prayer and did you mean it? That's the message of Easter. It's the story of Mary Magdalene, her life change. It's the story of us. It can be your story as well. God took the first step to establish a relationship with you. The question is, How do we respond to that step? Mary fell at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said, I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us new life. I thank you that you've given us a real-life example of someone who walked this journey and, and found Jesus and accepted forgiveness and found new life. And God, we thank you that you reached out to her and you forgave her. You gave her new life. And I pray, Lord Jesus, today that you would do the same. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.